Hey, what's up, man? Welcome back to another episode of Plus Kick Drip. Yeah. Yeah, so how you feeling today, bro? Man, listen, bro. I'm doing absolutely phenomenal today. I'm in great spirits, bro. <laughs> Period. How Me you feeling too. today? I'm feeling awesome, bro. You know, I love this podcast. I just got to say, for this to only be our second episode, I'm really invested in this. I really feel like this is God's will. And I'm excited to see, you know, the journey and what's going to happen. Yeah, bro. This is awesome. You know what? Honestly, I'm really, really extremely grateful to be doing life with you, bro. And then being able to just display that for the world to see, you know what I'm saying? Two young black men of faith um, walking out an integrous lifestyle and just teaching other people how to do the same thing that we do. I love that, bro. I love that you even pointed that out because a lot of times we don't appreciate the people in our lives. And that's brothers, that's sisters, that's aunties, uncles, that's mom and dad relationships, that's marriages. You know, we don't really appreciate those relationships. And, you know, today that's actually what we're going to be talking about. We're just going to be talking about how to teach people how to treat you. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's so important that... You don't just expect somebody to treat you the way that you, you know, want to be treated. The Bible does say, you know, treat others how you want to be treated. But maybe I don't want to be treated the way you want to be treated. Right. Maybe you got treated, you got dogged out and you was trained to be toxic and you want somebody to slap you and punch you. And and that's what you're going to do to me. So it's like. At the end of the day, I need to teach you how I want to be treated, not how you were raised to be treated or how you were raised to treat other people. So I think that'll be a good topic for us to talk about today. But I just wanted to, first of all, say something that just was like a revelation to me right before we started this podcast. And I just hope that this transfers through these airways and it really helps people. I just was listening to a song and it's called All Around. Mm. And it was just about God reminding me that he is always around. You know, we don't always feel like God's presence is near us. We don't always feel like, you know, God is with us. You know, Mm. I love the Bible. You know, I read the Bible. You know, I'm I'm very spiritual. You know that I love everything that the Bible teaches us, whether it's just the spiritual principles or just the logic principles. Right. But I love that it says he'll never leave us or forsake us. That's true. And we don't truly believe that because we be cutting up. We do things in the dark that we don't want to expose to the light. Let's be real. No cap. No cap. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So it's crazy, bro, that it's like one thing he was reminding me and revealing to my spirit is I'm always around. My love is always around you. So it actually helped me to include him. In everything I'm doing. But see, th- here's the issue. The issue is that, like, we live in a culture and in a society where a majority, like, 90% of black fathers are not in a home. Facts. You see what I'm saying? So if, for me to hear that there's this God out there who never leaves nor forsake me. And he says he's th- your father. That's, for- that's foreign to me. You know what I'm saying? Facts. Like, I don't know what that looks like. You've only gotten forsaken. So I think, I think for me to, like be able to truly believe that I have to have like a renewed mind because I was already raised and conditioned to feel like, you know, like I will be abandoned. I will be forsaken by all of the different relationships and the people that came into my life. It's either they came into my life and they were there for a short amount of time or they came into my life and they said they was going to be there for a long time and they end up not being there. And it's like having those abandonment issues doesn't allow you to believe that there's a God who loves you unconditionally and who will never leave you or forsake you. What's so crazy about that is me and you had a conversation a couple of weeks ago or maybe like last week. And I said, do you know why when the Bible says that God is not a man that he shall lie? Why it's so hard for us to why it's so hard for us to live out a lifestyle that God wants us to. And I said, it's because we don't believe God. Right. We think God is lying to yeah. us. And I said, and it's really not 
something that we can help unless God helps us yeah. because everybody around us lied to us. But I'm how not does just, he help us though? He helps us through different ways. But hold on, he helps wow. us by showing us that he didn't lie, that he doesn't lie to us. He helps us by coming through and being a keeper of his word. But this is what I said to you, and this is something I want the viewers to hear, is that every single person in your life lied to you. Yep. When you are on this earth, it doesn't matter if it was mom, dad, kids, husband, wife, auntie, like whoever you are. Everybody on the earth that you ever been around lied to you about something or you watch them lie to somebody else. So you thinking that there's this entity, there's this God who is impossible for him to lie to you. You can't really believe that right. unless you experience it because every single relationship you ever had in this world, you either seen them lie exactly. or they lied to exactly. you. And I think that's what makes it so hard to embrace God's truth of the fact he can't lie. Right. But it's through using faith and trusting him to do what he said he'll do and then seeing him come through. Like the only reason why, bro, I believe God is because I believed him even when I didn't see it happening. And then eventually I seen him do what he promised. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, you really aren't a liar. You really do do the things you say you'll do. And then it makes me keep trusting him. And I think God's patient with us. He, he allows us to let us think that he's a liar, but he's like, I'm not a liar. Like, I'm the truth. Like, I can't lie. And then he's like, I'll show you. Just keep believing me. Just keep believing me. Right. And I just chose to keep believing him instead of believing a lie. And as I put faith and put my faith into action, I keep seeing him reward me. And see, and that was a question that I was going to ask you. Yeah. Like, for, for me, hearing you say this, I just know, like, thinking about my younger self and me listening to somebody talk about how you just have to have faith. What does faith actually look like? And and is it something that is just like, okay, I'm just believing this is going to happen? Or, or, or is there something else that, you know what I'm saying? Like, is there something else that there is another component that's missing that, that makes that faith something that's this this not just sitting there and it's dormant. So go ahead. What's crazy is I so you know I do Freedom Fridays on Facebook. Right. Plug. So every Friday on Facebook plug I do talk. something called Freedom Friday. Period. So plug talk. Plug talk. <laughs> so what I love about it is because I talk to people and I think the reason why my audience could uh, could relate to me is because I'm a visual learner. Right. So what I do is I paint visual pictures to help them be able to learn. So when you just said, what does faith look like? Right. Everybody says, have faith, have faith. But exactly. bro, it's like, bro. I don't know what that looks like. What does is, what is faith look like? What do like? you mean have faith? Yeah, like, what do you what? mean, bro? Like, have faith. Okay, what is that? Just pray? But no, this is what faith looks like. Faith looks like something that you're trusting God for and everything is happening that looks like it's the opposite of what you're expecting from God, mm. but still choosing to believe mm. that that thing will happen. So for instance, like we talked about, our fathers might have did us dirty, family, moms and dads might have disappointed us, but there's something about being in the opposition and being in a situation where everything looks bad, but you choose to believe that God is going to turn it around for good, right. that excites God. Because right. it says the Bible talks about how it's impossible to please him without faith. Exactly. So I noticed, okay, the only way that I can please this God, like you can't really give God, what do you give somebody who has everything? So the only thing he wants really from me is faith. 
Right. And that's why he keeps himself invisible because he said, I don't know if you're truly using faith because you can't even see me. You're going to have to choose to believe me while you don't see me. The only thing you'll see is your problems. And yet you have to choose to believe me. So faith looks like choosing to believe God regardless of what you're experiencing temporarily right now. That's and, good. And every time I did that, I seen the outcome. That's, that's good. So th- this is my other question to you then to, to you. take it a, a step further. That's good. So you pray. Right. And then you just wait for it to happen? Or what do you do once you pray? After you pray, what do you do? You know what? So this is where a personal relationship with God comes in because you are held responsible because the Bible also says that faith without works is dead. Right, a, lot of t- a lot of times people just say, oh, I'm trusting, I'm waiting on God. Right. Nah, bro. He's what? Nah, sis. He's he waiting, waiting on, on you. <laughs> no cap. No cap. <laughs> Let's go. Exactly. You know it's saying? like we want God to do everything, but God <laughs> said, nah, nah, son, nah, exactly. daughter, I'm made you a co-creator i created right. you and i gave you dominion to over the do earth what so that you can create with me exactly so therefore if you need healing create an atmosphere of healing start listening to healing songs start healing scriptures up. start getting up start start seeing it start imagining acting like you heal start acting like you, you heal me? start but this is how you prove to god that you believe it that you have faith because you, faith is not on. just i'm going to pray about it come and on. then just like hope that it happens. That's not what faith is. Faith is I'm going to pray about it and know it's going to happen as I act on it. And that's what I was really trying to get you to say, because you said it before, is it faith in action? You see what I'm saying? So I'm going to pray about this new car that I want. But not only am I going to pray about it, I'm going to pray about it. Then I'm going to go research cars. Then I'm going to study car facts. I'm going to pick out the car that I want, the color of the car that I want. And then I'm going to start saving 10% of my paycheck. So look, I'm going to take it a step further. Fun fact. I forgot how old I was, but I literally was like trusting God for a car. I had a car. My dad always kept me in cars, right? So I didn't have a car this time. And I was really like tired of asking people to drive their car. So I was like, you know what, God? I want a car. So I started looking up cars. I was going to car lots. I ain't have a dime in my bank account, bro. I was going to car lots, looking at cars, broke. And I was going in there asking them, so how much? Okay, how much would those payments be? So I said, you know what? I'm going to go to Craigslist. I looked on Craigslist for a car. There was a lady selling like a tourist, an all-black tourist car. I forgot what year it was, but it was decent. I literally told her, yeah, I wanted it. I had her bring it to my uncle's shop. My uncle's a mechanic. He was supposed to check over it. So <laughs> she brought the car. I'm sitting at the shop the whole time. I'm praying like, God, I don't know what you're going to do. But I, mm-hmm. So the day came where she was just like, my uncle said, everything's ready. It looks good, whatever. So the lady's like, okay, so this is how much money I wanted. I was like, okay, uh, I'm going to get it to you tomorrow. She's like, you don't got the money? I'm like, I don't right now, but I'm walking by faith and not by sight. Right. She was just like, she low-key was pissed. Right. Like She was swole, like, you don't got the money? So long story short, my uncle ended up coming through, giving me some money. I paid him back. My dad ended up coming through. God just provided a way. Right. Where I ended up walking away with the car, bro. So what you did in that instance was you not only prayed for a car and not only had a deep desire to get a new car to stop driving other people's car but what you did was put yourself in the position to get a brand new car even when you didn't have the money so you didn't even see where the money was going to come from and then god sent 
multiple individuals to give you bread yep. to be able to purchase a new vehicle. And I've been manifesting things ever since then. Wow. That's literally how you manifest it. You think about it, you position yourself around it, you get around other people, yeah. and then you go after it like right. it's already Facts. there. And then all of a sudden See, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> that's a whole nother Manif- Okay. Okay, you manifestation is a yeah. whole nother we can't even go down that road. <laughs> hey, bro, like we're gonna have to do that for another one. For but I wanted to get one. back on topic really quickly yeah. about how to teach people how to treat, treat you. you. Okay. I think that one of the most beautiful things that you can have in this life is a relationship. Relationship. Because I feel like God showed me this a minute ago. He showed me that at the end of the day, the only thing that you can take with you when you leave this earth is relationships. Come on. Not your money, not your car, not nothing that you do except the things that God is going to reward you for. But the only thing that you tangibly, physically take with you is relationships. So one of the most important things to build when you're on earth is not simply physical material wealth Come it's on. not simply uh uh status right. or acclamation it's not simply um awards and accolades yeah it's not it's, it has nothing to do with that right but you're telling me the most important thing to build while we're on earth is relationships is relationships exactly bro. and it's so important that you start and now I, I love the bible i says treat people how you want to be treated but I, I i can never add to it or take away from it we already know that bible verse right. what i do but what I can do is kind of uh, build, build from it, right. and I can take it and dissect it. And what I start realizing is that people would treat me how they were raised to treat other people. So what I would do is I would give them these lessons. I, you know, I'm a life coach, and this is what I do. I, I become very strategic in the way I deal with people, and I started teaching people how to treat me by just correcting them. Not cutting them off, yeah. not being rude to them, not retaliating. There's yep, something yep. about retaliation. Like yeah. if you're married, for instance, let's use a married couple. Okay. And your wife is doing some things you don't want. Instead of being immature and retaliating against her, mm. or instead of treating her in a way that you don't want to be treated, mm. it's better to just correct her. Yeah. It's and but how do you correct her? In love. Okay. Listen, it's all about love. And I think that it's time for us as men to mature. It's time for us as men to say, you know what? I do got issues. Right. You know, I do got problems. And maybe I'm not the best, you know, brother, sister, husband, whatever. So I think what you're saying to me right now, mm-hmm. and even just to the people, is like, if you're going to be the best you in a relationship, you have to love, right? Awesome. So, and, and then if you're going to correct somebody and teach them how to treat you, you got to come out of a place of love, correct? Yes. Okay, but that goes back down to, this, to the Bible scripture where it says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. But the Fast. first part of that verse right. is to love the Lord your God. First. With all your heart, mind, soul, body, and strength. First. And then to love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? Yep. But guess what? If I'm not loving the Lord my God with all of my heart, mind, soul, body, and strength, how am I going to love you? Or how treat am you? I going to love you or treat you the way that you needed to be treated? So I first have to love myself, and the way that I love myself is by loving God. Because the more I love God, I understand more about myself, and then I'm able to give that love out of overflow to even know how to treat you. But I can't come to you in love if I'm not even coming to myself in love. You know why? Because God is love, right? And I love the Bible verse that God even says. This is how much God values us. He says, 
How do you hate your brother? How can you say you love me, but yet hate your brother when you can see your brother and you can't see me? So what God right. is saying is if you can hate your brother, your sister, your wife, and you can treat them bad, how is it that you're going to treat me good and you can't even see me? And you're tangibly looking at them. But I think that you're absolutely right. It's definitely, bro, about spending that amount of time with God to allow for him to mature you. And a lot of people have been saved for 20 years, you know, 10, 15 30. years. 50 and 50 year, and it doesn't matter they're still acting the way that they would have acted immature bro and it says in the bible that when i was a child i talked like a child i come thought on. like a child i reasoned like a child when come i became on. a man i put the ways of my childhood behind me come on you see what i'm saying so if you're really going to be a, a man of faith or a woman of faith you you now have to step out of those childish mindsets and patterns and behaviors and ways of thinking so that you would not only be a better you for your spouse or the other individuals that are around you in different relationships, different dynamics, but for yourself and for your relationship with God, you have to step out of those immature ways of thinking. And then let, let me keep it 100 with you. It's not it's not easy. It's not you know easy. what I'm saying? Like, it's actually hard work, it's hard. you know, and it's not for the lazy. If you're lazy, like, I just advise you to, like, tune off the podcast now because, like, we're going to give you the tools necessary in Facts. order for you to make the transformation and the shift that you Period. need in your life to be your greatest self. Period. And it's not easy. So I personally struggle with with overcoming some of those childlike mentalities, some do, of those bro. childlike struggles. You see what yep. I'm saying? But because I'm dedicated and committed to the process of becoming a better me, I'm not willing to give up. So even if I'm in a relationship with someone and they bring to me a correction, I'm not defending the fact that they're correcting me. I'm sometimes, sometimes I can get on a little defensive side if I'm keeping it 100, but majority of the times I'm able to really humble myself and not even speak back, try to rebuttal, cut you off or nothing, but listen to what you're saying and not listen simply to respond to you, but listen to understand what you're trying to say to me so that I can give the best response necessary to mend and reconcile the situation so that we could grow as a unit. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that's really where it starts at. I, I love that you said that. So basically, you were saying that when somebody comes to you, whether it's brother, sister, husband, wife, in any relationship, and they're coming to correct you, the way that you go about that is you humble yourself and you allow them to correct you First, in up. love. Don't shut up and listen to what they're saying. And then you go and search your spirit and your heart. And you say, God, is this something that I deal with? Is this something I need to do? And nine times out of 10, they're going to do it. And as you humble yourself, I love the next part. And this is the reason why I'm willing to be quiet. The really the reason why I'm willing to fix myself is because if I humble myself, God says he will exalt me. Right. And what I notice is that in every situation when somebody brings me correction and I don't rebuttal, I don't get offensive, I don't start snapping out on them, but I listen to what they're saying because they're teaching me not only how to treat them, but in, in retrospect, how to treat God too. Because the same requirements that I treat God with, if I treat you like that, you know, like the Bible says, we are gods, we're made in his image. But the bottom line is every time that I humble myself, God exalts me. But so so the thing is, the, the reason why you wouldn't humble yourself is because you're in a space where... Pride. It's pride, but this is the thing. You have two decisions to make when somebody brings you correction and they bring you the truth. You see what I'm saying? You have two different things that you could go with. Okay. First, you could be offended. Allow your yeah. Your your you can you can go with the side of offense, right? Which is attached to your emotions and your feelings, right? Come on, that's because, the childish part. See, this is the this thing. Is the immature exactly. part. Exactly. 
when you when you become an adult in the things of God, when you become an adult grow and, up. and you grow up and mature in your faith, right? right? What happens is is that like you learn that you can't no longer go with your feelings your and how emotions, you feel. They lie to so you. I might feel like what you're saying to me it's is wrong. incorrect. Right. I might feel like what you're saying to me is you coming at my neck. I right. might feel like what you're saying is disrespectful, but because I'm not feeling led and I'm spirit led, I'm Come not on. going to go with my feelings and, and react to you and retaliate and try to buck back up with you and scream and yell and argue and call you different names and pull you down and start, you know, getting at your character and start poking fun. Like, I'm not going to do that because... I'm not going with the side of my emotions. I have to stay in my spirit and stay led with the spirit. And even if, see, and that's the thing, it's not easy. It burns me up when somebody brings me correction and I want to be able to go with my feelings. Snap out. It burns this me up because my part. feelings like really, really, really wants to say what I feel. And this is where humility and, and humbling yourself and Jesus did it to the point of death. Right. Imagine being perfect on the earth and everybody's judging you and doing that. He humbled himself. And this is why it says that we have to be, he's the first brother in among many. We have to humble ourselves enough to let that flesh burn. Because really what you said is when you said emotion or the spirit, it's the flesh or the spirit. You you're either going to die. You're either going to die to your flesh and stay in your spirit and rise or you're going to stay in your flesh and your spirit goes down a little bit. Right. And then you wonder why you're not where you want to be spiritually. And, and this is I, what yeah. was so important to me. Like you just said, when you want to respond like that, your flesh will be burning up on the inside. Yep. But you humble yourself by dying to yourself. You let the flesh die and then your spirit kicks in. And then this, oh yeah, this is another and part. what happens when your spirit kicks in though? When your spirit kicks in, you start getting a grace okay. where it becomes easier to be quiet. So, it becomes like you almost desire the correction. You're almost desiring. You you have a love for you. Now it's like that's real it's okay. Wisdom. That's real and that's wisdom. where real wisdom comes in. Once you make the choice to die to yourself in that moment, because God sees you, the Holy Spirit sees that you're willing to die. He kicks in and now he transforms your emotions and he starts manipulating them where you're no longer burning and dying, but you're actually rejoicing because you're thankful right. at the fact that you are strong enough to humble yourself right. and that's when being exalted comes in and, and it really just goes back down to the saying flesh equals death spirit equals life, life. and i keep it that simple Super every single simple. time come on flesh equals, equals death, death spirit, spirit equals life, life. period no like cap. it don't it don't get no easier it's and, and it's not complicated you simple. see what i'm saying simple it's fact. like if i go with the ways of my flesh the way that i feel like i, I want die. to react then Death. there's a part of my spirit that will die in that moment. There's a part of my faith that will die in that moment. Every time. But if I go with the way of my spirit, spirit. then I'm receiving there's life. A, exactly. There's a, there's a liberation that comes with that. There's a joy. There's a peace. There's a true soul satisfaction oh, that wisdom. comes with, with me staying in the way of my spirit. But it's not easy and so there's a reward that's there's worth a it. reward there's a reward on the other end of there's you going with the way of your spirit but then there is a repercussion on yep. the other end of you going with your flesh which is now your your relationship is in turmoil now you're having more strife and in, in, in anger in your household and or in your relationship you and now y'all's not talking for two and three days because you couldn't just go with the way of your, your spirit, spirit and you went into your flesh and then everything just got completely discombobulated and that's why God wants to save us from our flesh because our flesh 
destroys leads to us. death and it, it'll lead you to your self-destruction. And we self-destruct sometimes on our own. We self-sabotage sometime on our own because we have that internal subconscious voice that speaks to us and we choose not to listen to it to go with what our feelings are telling us how we feel. So when I think about that, because, you know, it's a shame and I, I learned this and I forgot it's a proverb, but it talks about how it's a shame for a servant to rule a master of the house. Like it's a shame for a, a servant to rule the king of the house. And that, that proverb was used to say, if you picture a palace and you picture that there's a servant in there and because the king has no self-control, the king chooses not to use wisdom, but the servant dominates the king and gets the king to do what he wants to do. So I want you to look at the servant as the flesh. Mm. That's the lesser man. That's the one that should be the, the lesser man, the one yeah. that should be the weakest. The servant. The servant. And the, the one who should be beaten, not beaten, but the one who should be told what to do. Submission. Right? Submitted. Then you have the king. The king is your spirit. Your ki your spirit is really who you are. When you right. die, you leave this earth. The only thing you're taking with you is your spirit. You know what I mean? Your body will hit the ground, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Your body is literally the servant, right? right? You tell your body what to do and your body has to listen to you. Okay, your soul is like the queen. So we got the king, the queen, and we got the servant. So the Bible talks about how it's a shame, it's pitiful whenever the servant is ruling the king. And that is in retrospect, the body ruling the spirit, man. So that means whatever your body, whatever, you know what I mean, desire you want to do in your flesh and you allow your body to do it and it rules over the king, which is your spirit, that is not the way that it should be. And the way that you get strong in that area is you just dominate by the king's voice. Right. Your spirit has to tell your body, no, we are not going to respond back to my brother like that. No, we are not going to respond back to my wife like that. But I want to make it a little bit easier. And this is a life coach session really quickly. Sometimes getting a pencil, a paper, if you can write, or even taking a voice note and talking and telling your significant other or telling your brother and sister what it is that affected you. Right. You know, and then letting them hear that. So that way it's like, I'm not talking at you or I'm not talking, you know, down to you, but I'm allowing you to hear my emotions uh, detach from my presence. Yeah. Like, for instance, if I write you a note and I tell you how you made me feel and then I leave, you're more likely to pay more attention to that than if I sat down in a room and told you. That's just one step in communicating. That's if you have really bad communication. Yeah. But if you're really good in communicating, sometimes it's better to sit still come to each other and communicate not whenever there's hostility but wait until there's an easy breezy cool down moment and then you communicate to them about different things that bother you right so what i want to do to tie it back into our original point which is like building on relationships right, right. and teaching and, people how to treat you and teaching people how to treat you come on this is one of the biggest life lessons right here is being able to teach people how how to treat you right the most important thing that you can do Right. As a man or a woman, is have a vision. Come on, because if you don't have a vision, Miles Monroe, in a way, in a <laughs> way that you want people to treat you, that's right. Then people will come into your life and treat you like whatever. But that's only because you don't have a vision. Or standing. So the reason why I choose the friends and the people that I that I hang around or that I'm around that I allow to be in a close vicinity with me is because of the vision of for my life and for the people who aren't where I want to be for my vision of my life. Guess what? I'm pulling them up. 
because of the vision that I have. Right. You see what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, it comes back down to what is the vision for your life. You need to be able to write down the vision, not just for your life, but for your faith, your finances. You know what I'm saying? Your um, your faith, your finances, your fun, your freedom, like whatever it is that you're every doing, dynamic like of your, your fitness, life. every dynamic of it's like the five F's or something like that. You need to write down a vision for every single part of Area. your life, and and the vision for my life is to have people in my life who would hold me accountable to what it is that I say I want to do, who would walk out this life with me and 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 faith, help you to manifest, who would who would who would help me to ignite my purpose, people who would um. Also correct me when I'm wrong and then also just people to do life with because as human beings, we need to feel a sense of belonging. You know what I'm saying? So that's why relationships are the most important thing because we wasn't put on earth simply to be here by ourselves. That's why there's billions of people on the planet because we were all meant to grow and be united and, and work together toward a greater cause of humanity. But that really only starts down with the individual. They say no one individual can change the world. Well, I disagree with that to an extent because if you change yourself, then and only then can you go out and change the world around you. So but, start with yourself. And I want to add this small part before we close out is the devil works in division. Yeah. One thing that division. I mean, division. Yeah. The one that the one thing I love, there's a book that's called The Bait of Satan. Right. And it really speaks about how. The, the devil pulls you out of the spirit by causing you to be offended. And the ultimate goal of the devil is to cause division amongst God's people. So anytime that you feel the enemy or you feel any atmosphere that's trying to cause you to be divided from whoever you love or whatever business relationship or whatever, just know that that's coming from the enemy. So the way that you fight against that is you always go back to reconciliation. God sent Jesus here for reconciliation. And it's so important, like you said, bro, to have a vision for your life, but to hold yourself to the same standard that you hold your friends to, you hold your family to. Don't hold me to a higher standard that you hold yourself to. So if you want me to treat you with love and respect, you need to be treating me with love and respect. If you want me to treat you with honesty and truth, you need to be teaching, you need to be uh, treating me with honesty and truth. So, and I love that because the Bible says what you sow is what you reap. And even if you don't reap these good things or these bad things from me or from the person I'm doing them to, sometimes, you know, you treat a bad person badly and they might not treat you badly back but there will be another person who comes in and treats you that same way or right. sometimes you treat people with ultimate love and respect and that same person might not be the person to treat you with that love but god will repay you and god will make sure that somebody else comes along the way to repay you so that you can reap what you sow so it's all about taking time to treat people how to treat you but first treating them that way in love and then allowing you to set the tone. Like it's all about setting the tone of the relationship. And I think us as men, we have to become more mature. We have to get more of a vision, like you said, bro. And we have to first, like you said in the beginning, seek God first. Yeah. And all those things will be added. You know what I mean? And I love the fun fact about just our faith and how to manifest stuff because sometimes you don't know how to be a good husband or a good wife or a good brother or sister or father or mother, or whatever. But it's about walking in faith. Yeah, and not using that as an excuse, but using that as as a as a reason to To change it exactly to grow, and then allowing yourself to say, God, I don't know what it looks like, and I don't know what to do, but all I know is that I'm gonna walk by faith and not by sight, and I'm gonna manifest a good relationship because I'm gonna take it with me throughout all of eternity. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, bro. That's it. So.
That's it for this podcast. You know, plus kick drip. Plus kick drip. Second baby. episode, bro. We went a little long today, bro. Yeah, I know, bro. But it was definitely necessary, man. Like, yeah. I appreciated the, um, you know, the the, the, the conversation that we just yeah. had, bro. I feel like a lot of people is definitely going to be able to um, <laughs> receive some gems. I know. We, we checked some people, though. We checked. We chin checked a few had people. To, but we got to. to. You know, you the know Bible saying? say correction. You know, you got to correct people if you love them. And I feel like God corrects me. So I'm projecting that correction on y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let's so go. listen, if you got a little chin check. This time it's cool. They're just I expect that every time that you come on the podcast, like we get. But, but look, when they humble herself, what's the next part? You get exalted. You get it. What? You get exalted. You, you get, get what? Up. You get exalted. You get exalted. God says, if you humble yourself, I will exalt you. But guess what? On the flip side, if you exalt yourself, God will humble you. And God's hand is way heavier than yours. So I suggest you humble yourself. So listen, man, we love y'all. We appreciate y'all for tuning in.